Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At AIB, we don't make technology for you to bank. We make it for you to live. Just watch. So you can apply and get a loan through your AIB app or online. All from the comfort of home. Banking to fit the way you live. AIB, we back doing. Lender criteria, terms and conditions apply. Over 18s only, subject to approval. Security may be required. Allied Irish Banks PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Welcome to episode 96 of the BloodandMud.com podcast. It's a special Six Nations preview investigation episode of Justice. Da, 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 da. Think da, of it da, da. a little bit. Why like, did I do a little, like, why did you say that? And then I went, like... Yeah, why did that make party. you do a dance? I don't know, I did a little weird party music thing. Mainly because I'm excited about the Six Nations. But that, yeah, that must those be Those two it. things were totally... Totally or maybe it sounded like an intro. I was about to drop the bass on like a dance mix or something. Yeah, I mean, if you want to do that, carry on. No. Anyway. No, I don't do dance music. The um, <laughs> So, yeah, so this episode, because it's a special investigation, it's going to be a little bit like the film Spotlight. Have you seen that, Josh? Uh, I have, actually, yeah. So, but it'll be like the film Spotlight, but with zero actual journalism. Yeah. A lot less shaming of the Catholic Church. Well, we can't rule that out. Well, less. well. Um, Paul is young, and neither of us are anything nowhere near as good looking as Mark Ruffalo is. Uh, no, tragically not. But what we are is I am Lee Calvert, the editor of BloodandMud.com, not as good looking as Mark Ruffalo, and over there is, and I'm Rachel McAdams, star of Spotlight. <laughs> 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 uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Do you not know that Rachel McAdams is from Aberdeen? Yeah, she's got a fair... I tell you what, I, I do a wonderful impression of not being from South Wales and also <laughs> not having a man's voice. But, you know... There you go. That's the that's just the wonders of modern film technology for but you. who are you really? Uh, in my heart of hearts, I remain <laughs> Josh Gardner of RugbyShitWatch.com. You can get in touch with the pod at Blood and Mud on Twitter, as many of you do. Thank you very much. And we're available on Acast and iTunes and Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and pocket casts and all these places where you can get podcasts and how do people get in touch with you josh uh at josh gardner at rugby shirtwatch <laughs> rugby shirtwatch.com yeah. yeah i should yeah. say what well, we are available on the internet fucking look it yeah. up it's not that hard <laughs> yeah fucking google it all right <laughs> yeah stop using us as your search engine yeah coming up tonight in this special we will talk obviously about the six nations 
Oh shit! Really? It's it's CP. Yeah, have you prepped? It's CPC. <laughs> oh, it's CPC decision time again. Yes. Well, that has been what's taken up the bulk of my prep, if I'm honest. <laughs> is, uh, is and that. what's taken up the bulk of my prep is, is that we've got another song this week. Hey. All right. What do you mean your What do you mean your prep? I thought you got famous celebrities to to perform music for. I it. couldn't do another impression that doesn't sound like one. Oh, it's just I'm just gonna have to say I've done a song. It's just <laughs> let's just let's just end the facade. It's just me singing. Yeah. This is just basically yeah. No. But it's a song about somebody who's very close to our hearts. Oh, All wow. of us who listen to this podcast, oh. I think. So you get ready for that. Um, we've got some other stuff, probably, because that's what we do. There's no shit good this week, which I think, mm. is, you know, that's an unusual situation. I might be one of the first ones ever, but honestly, yeah. who among us could be bothered to watch the Anglo-Welsh Cup this weekend? Yeah, apart from to say the Anglo-Welsh Cup is shit, and it's yes. good that we're not going to talk about it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those those so, are your shit goods for this week. Enjoy. So I apologise for those who have who have tried to get ahead of the game and sent us some shit goods, but I will not be using them. So that's <laughs> no, based on your chips, on it. No, because the Anglo Welsh Cup does not count no. for anything. No. And uh, and also no Jim Malner this week because it's had mixed reviews. <sighs> your, I have to review right? it. Am See, I... I I think that that's like your Ulysses. If I'm after do a separate pod, I think a midweek <laughs> Jim Malander pod or something. Jim Malander hour. <laughs> Yeah, God, imagine an hour of it. Bloody hell. Yeah, so we start as we always start by going on far too long, but we're going to go on now to uh, our player spotted. And this one has been sent in by long-time listener and correspondent, uh, all-round Scottish person, Mr. Graham Gulvin. And he, hello, Graham. He said, I just saw Lions and Scotland legend Andy Irvin boarding a BA flight to London Heathrow. He was carrying a British and Irish Lions satchel with his initials on it. Oh, that's a nice touch, isn't he it? Al- he also appeared to have not bought anything from the duty-free shop. Can you still do wow. duty-free if it's flying internally? You can't. You I think can't. we should go See, into that's... this for the next 10 minutes and discuss it. That's why he hasn't, yeah. See, it's it's, I, it's I, not I a nice of... touch, though, is it? Because that is a little bit sad in a way. It's like, we all know you are, Andy Irvin. You don't need to carry around a British and Irish Lions bag with your initials on, surely. Well, a uh, friend of the pod, occasional uh, contributor to my website, Adam Reese, did a thing for me with, uh, with Canterbury last year. And Adam Jones was one of the famous people at this thing. Mm. And he remarked that Adam turned up, despite the fact that Adam has an awful lot of, you know, was playing for Harlequins at that point. He turned up with a British and Irish Lions 2013 monogrammed backpack. With his from the Lions tour that he was last on, despite the fact that he was playing for Harlequins and had presumably all of the stash he could ever want. Is it a bit like you know what? I once went to, I got backstage passes to a gig once. Yes, it was the Seahorses, but still, (laughs) that Uh, was the law. I'll give you that. Everything else, I played rugby with the bassist brother Tangent, (laughs) and he um, (laughs) so um, and he. uh, and I got a backstage wheels within Britpop wheels. Yeah, in and I got place. a backstage pass of the tag and everything. And I yes. almost like I think I wore it for work for a while. There is something about yeah, this is special. This and I suppose it's nice that even people like Adam Jones and Andy Irvin with the careers they've had still want to say, yeah. look, I was a lion pal. Yeah, exactly. Like so, your your six degrees of separation to John Squire is. <laughs> I must say, John Squire did not turn up backstage. Stuart Fletcher, <laughs> the bassist. I played oh. I played rugby with Andy Fletcher, his brother. Wow. So you can look that up. That's not even made up. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, unlike everything else on this podcast, it's yeah, not even made up. That's actually a true story. And uh, Andy, yeah, John Squire didn't turn up backstage. He hid himself away, probably painting or working on a Probably. riff or something. Just being, just being fucking miserable. Yeah. Yeah. 
So then, shall we talk about the yes. player spotted? Send your player spotted in to at Blood and Mud or Lee at bloodandmud.com or you can DM. DMs are open. Yes. I'm getting very little spam, so I'm thankful for all of you for that. Yeah. If you um, want to get sexy with it, Lee's DMs are open. So. <laughs> oh, shudder. Or any can I just remind you, I don't look like Mark Ruffalo. I don't thinking of getting sexy <laughs> with it. Um, just want to confirm once again. <laughs> I don't look like Mark no. Ruffalo. Um, Actually, I want to confirm I don't look like whoever the fuck I said I look like. Rachel McAdams. No, like I think most don't. people think you don't look like a woman. So Thank God for that. Right, Six Nations. A reminder before we get into this that we <laughs> yeah. that we have started a fantasy league. Yeah. As usual. Well, as usual. We did it last year. We're doing it again this year. On yeah. Superbrew. Um, you can go to the superbrew.com and have a look for the Blood and Mud league and apply ask mm-hmm. to apply and i will i will grant that permission to you i will you anoint you you're such a good person Lee. yeah also i'll tweet it out again but yeah i think we've got over 100 um, people have joined nice so i'm hoping you know, for a rock solid mid-table finish once i think again. i was bottom tempest bottom quartile last year i was wow can't be good at everything can you you can't be good at everything and i'm evidence that you can't be good at pretty much everything <laughs> yeah um so Right then, who do you want to talk about first? Should we talk about Wales first, only because they've named their team today? Well, should we talk generally? Go on, because I, th- I honestly think that, like, a lot of people said, oh, this is, like, the most, like, uncompetitive Six Nations in years. Why? Or people are saying it's the most... Because auto- it's either going to be England or Ireland. Right. Or it's the most open tournament in years. So it can't be both of these things. I suppose, in a so... way, that shows it should be, an, whatever, an interesting tournament. Well, yeah, I think there's probably three teams that have a chance of winning it. England, and there are three Ireland. teams, that England, and... Ireland, and maybe Scotland. You say, and then, mm, yeah. Well, yeah, but like, I honestly, but then there's three teams that I think haven't got a fucking cat in hell's chance. Italy. And Italy, Wales, and France. And like, it feels to me like there's a bit of a gap opening. I started last year, but like there's a gap between... Scotland, England, Ireland, who are the good teams in the Six Nations, and France, Wales, and Italy. And the gulf between them, I think, is getting bigger all the time, which is a bit alarming. Um, Maybe that's my inherent Welsh pessimism, but it does feel like, you know, I wouldn't fancy us against Scotland at all. I wouldn't fancy France against Scotland. Even though Scotland don't have a front row. We don't have any half-backs or any, anyone. We don't have a back row. Well, shall, we, shall we have a look at this Wales team from today? Yes. Yeah. Let's do let's, that. Let's, so let's, talk, let's about talk about Wales. Let's talk about Wales. <laughs> so Wales have picked mostly Scarlets, as, as... Which, which will help. And that yeah. plus, the, plus Rob Howley coaching, who taught Scarlets everything they know. They did. That's very true. Equals victory, surely. Yeah. Well, what, are, what are you worrying about? Yeah, I mean, I was actually a bit worried when Gatland started talking about, like, in the week, what a huge step up Test Rugby is for players from regional level and all that sort of stuff. Because he's obviously right. But, like, it did seem like he was setting us up for picking a load of fucking out-of-form players that haven't been anywhere near a Wales team in years because they played one Test match about 17 years ago or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, he's gone with what he did effectively for his first ever game in charge for Wales back in 2008 where he said right who's the best Welsh region at the time it was the Ospreys he's yeah. right I'll pick 10 of you and we'll ornament it with a few bits and bobs I, I don't see it as a big issue like when you've got so many injuries you've got a 
your best bet is probably to pick players that are already familiar with each other. He did make me laugh when somebody said to Gatlin, so what's made you go with Patcher at 10? <laughs> he tried. He obviously had to, he did a good answer, but he must have just wanted to say, because who the fucking else do you suggest I pick? Yeah. Exactly. Who, uh, <laughs> who of the three unpalatable options did you think I would go for, aside from the guy who's actually won some stuff this year and last year? Speaking of one of those unpalatable options, I don't understand Gareth Anscombe. <laughs> I've never I... understood it. I think he is a better fullback than he is a fly-off. Yeah. Um, but the whole reason that he came up here was because he really wanted to play 10, and the Chiefs basically told him that he was never going to play 10 for the All Blacks, and the only way he'd ever get any kind of international recognition was at fullback. So he came up here to try and be a test fly-off, and it's never really panned out. <laughs> But, yeah, and every time I see him, I can understand why it hasn't really quite panned out for him. I mean, he's not terrible. He's just you don't understand why somebody's brilliant. looked at him and gone, "He's the fucking guy we need." You know, it's not. I've never really understood In that. In flashes, he's had it for the Blues, but very like he's had so many injuries and he's been so that hasn't strict, like fair dues. But it's one. You look at it. It's one of the most ungatlandy teams ever. That's really. true. It's a very interesting team. I mean, there are people yeah. who can play all over the team. It's just what kind of instructions are they going to be given? Yeah, but obviously the front five will be told to pass it through their hands, won't they? Obviously, yeah. That's been established by Rob Alley. It's amazing that he got the he having not been involved in the Scarlets for two and a half years, he was responsible for the for their play that he couldn't get the teams he's been with for the last two and a half years to actually do, i.e. the Lions and Wales. Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? (laughs) It's amazing. But yeah, I, I I don't hate the team at all. It's like there are no massive lads, which just must. He must literally not going to be able to get a wink of sleep for the rest of <laughs> until Saturday cold, evening. Waking up, like, cold where, sweats. Where is my safety blanket of a six foot four, nineteen stone bloke that Sitting can just bolt up, but bolt up right yeah. in bed screaming? <laughs> Jamie, <laughs> phoning Bryn. Bryn, yeah. I've woken up again. <laughs> it's fine. The time difference makes it. Really <laughs> That's fine. Tad, I'm yeah. in work. <laughs> um, although he could, I suppose, if he really, really was worried, he could just put Bradley Davis in the centre, couldn't he? Because he's about that size. I mean, I mean, Hadley Parks is not small, to be honest. He had, but Hadley Parks is not your average Gatlin centre either. But uh, you know, I like the team. I like. I th- I honestly think that the front row is as good as anybody else's. Well, that that'd be your first choice anyway, wouldn't it? Yeah, and it's, uh, yeah. I like. I think it's the best ball. Like that's Rob Evans. That's he's... Rob Evans, Ken Owens, and Samson Lee. For those of you, yeah, who are... they are the best ball playing front row units in the Six Nations. I'd say, like in terms of core skills, they're as good as anybody else. And nobody goes down on one knee in a in a rock like Samson Lee. No, exactly. He's got the power stance down, so uh, that'll help. <laughs> Plus, I'm um, not back... surely the Samson Lee first receiver pivot has to come back in. Soon. I can only hope. I mean, Rob Evans has been stealing the limelight there, but he has, hasn't he, I with hope. all these hands and angles and stuff? Yeah, I'm I'd sure like to going to put him right. Sure, he will. Corey Hill's getting him. a spectacular amount of shit through things that yeah. are no fault of his own. <laughs> I the fact he got called up to a line squad. Fox like, supposed to do un- about that. The most unpopular man in Wales for no- like. I thought it was really bafflingly. The WIU has been releasing all these like weird behind the scenes in camp videos on social media, which does it involve banter? Else. No, it just well, involves quite, at least. quite serious meetings. Like there was one they released today with like, it was just, it, it was just like being 
at work, really, because <laughs> it was the it was the leadership team meeting with with Gatland and like the players have nominated like six players to be their like leadership group who like liaise with the coaches and bring mm. grievances and sort of make suggestions together. And it was their first meeting and it was literally like the either the first awkward exchanges in a group therapy session or like the most awkward we fucked up and nobody wants to take responsibility for this like workplace meeting they're literally in the cafe in the veil i assume around a table and warren gatlin's just sitting there obviously hating being on camera and sort of going so what do you think you should uh bring to the leadership group <laughs> and then Ken Owens is like, you know, we should uh, set the standards and uh, in training. And, and it's one of the least interesting things I've ever seen in my life. The thing but is, the I mean, thing... the thing is, I mean, how bored must Gatlin be with these meetings by now? Exactly. I mean, how many yeah. times can you do these meetings? But what's interesting is that the players that are in that leadership team are Alan Wynne Jones, obviously, uh, Dan Bigger, obviously. Hmm. Uh, Ken Owens, obviously. Mm-hmm. Scott Williams, Captain Wales, obviously. Mm-hmm. Falatow, just to be silently threatening, I assume. <laughs> just and so they can point by... it into the meeting and go, <laughs> yeah. Just what? Just look, fucking, just look at what he's doing do what he and do what yes. he does. Yeah. Um, and then Justin Tipperick, which uh, surprised me because he doesn't seem like much of a leader because he's incredibly quiet off the field and mm. doesn't really say anything or do anything. But obviously, but and the final one was Corey Hill. Ooh. Being groomed for, as Alan Wynn's replacement, maybe. Is well, it? for a lad who's got ten caps, I think he's a lot better than the shit he's getting gives him credit I think, for. I, I've got quite a lot of time for him, yeah. to be honest. I think he just works his fucking balls off. He's a new he's Ian not, Goff. He is quite goffy, actually, in that regard. He's hard. He hits like a train, and he just works for eighty minutes. Yeah, yeah. But Edwards likes him. Oh, I bet he loves him. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, I've got no problem with the second What I will I've say got... is, if this team plays the way that the personnel makes it look like they'll play, and the Scotland team play the way they have been playing, in terms of once you get behind the scrum, this could be a fucking amazing game. It could be. What I hope is that Scotland score a couple of tries early, and all of the Scarlet's lads go, boys, this is not fucking working. Let's just, re- <laughs> let's just do what we know works, shall we? I and... think Hadley Parks makes a spectacular amount of difference to this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, because he's so one, he's such a different player at twelve. Anyway, he's not small, yes. but he makes the right decision. Yes, he doesn't do anything complicated. He makes the right no. decisions. He straightens it up properly, and he can actually. I know it sounds stupid to say because it's so you know he can pull a man in and give the pass at the right time and yep. the right pass. He does that, and that he makes such a difference. And we haven't talked about Ross Moriarty being back either. No. It's funny, our, Lord, that our Lord and Saviour yes. Ross Moriarty. It's interesting to see how that's going to go because I'm not sure. How I don't like that back row at all. Um, <laughs> I like. I'm it's Aaron Shingler, Josh Navidi, and Ross Moriarty. By the way, in case I mean, people are wondering, I wouldn't be fine. I'd be all right with two of those, but for me, you can't have fucking Shingler and Navidi in the same back row because they're just. Hmm. I for all I've got a lot of time for what Alan, Aaron Shingler's done for the Scarlets, but he's never really looked anything. He's brought a Good. bit more boom to his game this year, hasn't he? Yeah, he's but obviously again, it's that step up thing, isn't it? It's the, yeah, I just don't think he's got that extra bit of quality to step up the test level consistently as a starter. Off the bench, he's a great option to have because he can play anywhere. But yeah, if for me, 
if when Falato gets back, I want both of those flankers out of that fucking <laughs> back row immediately. Navidi, for me, you know how I feel about Navidi. Yeah. He works his fucking balls off. He's not good enough to play test rugby. Uh, we're Why gonna is get he in the head of uh, Tipperick? Is it uh, just a reward for the a... autumn stroke game I assume time? that it's, a, it's Gatlin's textbook loyalty going with the guy who's proven it recently sort of thing. Not Tipperick's not having his best season ever. Yeah, that's true. He is probably the still, you know, the best open side in Wales, possibly. You know, James Davis, arguably on form, is the better one, but those two are streets ahead of everybody else. And Navidi, for me, we're going to get absolutely monstered on the deck on the weekend because he's demonstrated all autumn that he cannot get work the breakdown at Tesla. Yeah, he's energetic he enough, just, isn't he? He's energetic. He, he tries right, fucking but... hardest. And he does occasionally do that thing where he gets into a bit of space and everyone goes, ooh, because he runs. But that's literally all he does. The rest of the time, he's fucking terrible, and he's not big enough to really stop these big lads at test level either. And it's like, what do you think about what do you think about your namesake, Josh Adams? Delighted. Hmm. Um, it's well, who the f- again? Who called <laughs> that one? Sure, well, who the fuck else is he going to pick? Yeah, no Lee Williams, no George North, no Hallam Amos. Yeah. I mean, is that or pick one of Alice Cuthbert or I don't know, you know, me, <laughs> Tom James. Tom James, you know, <laughs> basically the same. Um, <laughs> he looks like Reggie McAdams as well. <laughs> yeah, he does. Um, yeah, so uh, it's it's a very ungatland back three, though, isn't it? I mean, I know Halfpenny's like perennial, but like mm. that whole back three, not one of them is over six foot one, I don't think. And that's mm. Josh Adams, who is not a big bloke. He's quite slight, and. Yeah, what happens if Wales all of a sudden look really good and threatening? It's basically just going to be throwing out ten years the, of the Gatland's he, wisdom. If if Scotland come in enough ball and playing at home is the only reason why they can't, there's um, apart from the fact that they haven't got a front row. We'll come on to that in a minute, but um, yeah, they could, the thing is Scotland are going to get the ball wide. They're going to get it wide early and, yeah. and regularly. And the worry is, is when you Josh Adams and. Steph Evans in particular, it's whether they can handle... Halfpenny's going to have a very busy day. Yes. Yeah. He's going to be doing a lot of sprinting his fucking balls off and probably getting his head on the wrong side, desperately trying to make a fucking tackle. The Alan Bateman, Arwell Thomas (laughs) gambit. (laughs) I can't do this all day, Arwell. Please fucking tackle somebody, will you? Yeah. So I, I hope that, you know, playing at home, you'd hope that Wales can secure a bit of possession. And that pack is fine. Yeah, if we can get on top in the scrum, that will be helpful. And I fuck if we can't get on top in the fucking scrum here, Jesus Christ! With, yeah, with that scrum, yeah, with absolutely. that with that front row against their front row. I mean, Scotland's front row is basically what's left is basically Jamie Batty, who worked in an abattoir till about three weeks ago, <laughs> a Saint Bernard dog, and a sort of hastily constructed robot made A team style out of a wheelie bin, Meccano, and a lawnmower engine. That's probably about that. That'll be the Scottish front row. Well, I mean that that front row. Like, I I I did. I actually did a bit of research here. But, um, <laughs> that Scottish front row is in such a fucking state. They had to call up John Welsh and Scott Lawson, who have a combined age of seventy or nearly. Yeah, they're missing um, Ross Ford, Fraser Brown, Xander Fagerson, Nell, Marfo, Alan Dell, Al Dickinson, <laughs> and Simon and Simon Berg and Simon Bergen's band. 
I know. It's like, where do you go? Like, in the combined caps of all of the front row players that Gregor Townsend's been able to pick for the squad, right? Yeah. Is 106, right? But 84 of those come from Welsh, Lawson, and Gordon Reid. The other seven front rowers that he's picked have a grand total of 22 caps between them. Amazing. It's Richie Gray's, Rich, Richie Gray's injured as well. Yeah. Did you, so I was, the I was saddest thing about we, that yeah. was, did you, did you see what Johnny Gray was saying? No. I was, it brought a tear to my eye. He was saying, oh, I'm really sorry he's not going to be here because I've, I've not seen him for ages and I was hoping to see him next week. It was like, oh, no, yes. not only is he, yeah. not, only is he he's, not playing, he's, he's actually, he's just, he's my brother and I've not seen him for ages and yeah. he's staying in France they, now. They're still rehabbing him in France, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, so Johnny was like, oh, I was looking forward to seeing him and now he's going to be in France. Oh, bless him. But yeah, I mean... <laughs> I feel as as far as Wales' chances in the whole tournament go, like some people have been kind of talking Wales up a little bit, and I would profoundly like to know what they've been smoking to come to that conclusion. Because like Wales were not very good in the autumn; they've got an injury list that let's face. I mean, we've just covered a very yeah. comical injury, but like yeah. Wales's injury list across the board is so fucking long and depressing. You might as well bind it as a hardback and sell it as a new fucking Cor- McCarthy novel. But like a little literary joke for you there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and only the only region that isn't fucking embarrassing is mercifully the one that's making up like ninety percent of the bloody squad. But still, like the rest of them are a shambles. So Wales will probably give a better account of themselves this Six Nations, I would hope. Um, but like, if they weren't missing both first choice halfbacks, their best centre, both their best wingers, the best number eight in the world, and their best open side, I might be a little bit more optimistic. But they are. And more. Stop talking so. the country down, Josh. It's people <laughs> like you that mean it won't be successful. That's how it works. You see, they'll play terribly now because you've talked them down. But I think um, this this reminds me of the two thousand. It is. It is. It is. Go on. Go on like, yeah, sorry. Yeah, you know, you remember two thousand and ten, two thousand and eleven, Six Nations were both years where Wales were shit. Mm. They won like two and three games, yeah. like. But they, and they, it was incredibly depressing at the time. But both years they started to bring through the likes of Tadube Falatau and Sam Warburton mm. and Dan Bigger, John Davis, Dan Lydiot, George North, Ken Owens, yeah, yeah. along with, it must be said, people like Christian Phillips, Daniel Jones and Martin Roberts, but we don't talk about that. Um, <laughs> Can't make an omelette, etc. Well, exactly. And it's kind of that. We've got to just... We're not going to win the Six Nations. We're probably winning like two games at best, France and Italy, I would imagine. So let, let the boys... us. JB and them say let the boys play you know just give Josh Adams a go let him have a yeah. couple of games let Steph Evans have a couple of games let Patchell have a run at 10 maybe even let James Davis have a go at some point Ireland have demonstrated how difficult it can be to move from one group of players to another and they're doing yeah. okay now but there's got to be a point at which you have to go well this is what we have to do. I mean it's almost been forced on him now really but yeah, it has to happen of... at some point and you have to have yeah. a poor tournament at some point because you can't just seamlessly move from one group of players to another. Nobody does. No, and there's got to be a bit of growing pain. People always say, oh, the autumn's for developing players and Six Nations. Yeah. Bollocks. A whole season is for developing players. And, yeah, you know, now is the time. You know, Gatlin might not give a fuck about what happens to Wales after 2019. I profoundly don't think he does. However whoever comes after him could do with having a few players who are under the age of 30 you'd vaguely know about test yeah. rugby so yeah i i'm to i won't be like this <laughs> next week but at the moment i'm fairly sanguine but it's a more it's a more it's a more re- it's not 
it, it yeah all right you you do look on the dark side of the moon shall we say but it's uh, the <laughs> the but it's not an unreasonable conclusion to come to because actually most people just look at it and i can see why some people are looking at it and going yeah but if you pick if you go talent by ta- talent at each position it could do something the team could do something but i yeah. think the logic you're coming to but you can't lose that many top no players and just expect it might go okay but it probably isn't isn't an unreasonable conclusion to come to I'd be very pleased with Wales walking away with three wins from this Six Nations. I think that would be... Mm. Uh, two would be kind of par. One would be problematic. So the two would be Ireland... France and Italy. Sorry, uh, Italy. Italy. I, meant to, I meant to say Italy and Ireland. Yeah. Oh, fucking France and smoking, but yeah, so. <laughs> We should beat France and Italy and Cardiff. Well, France yeah. and Cardiff, Italy and Rome. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, maybe we'll spring one on Scotland tomorrow by just scrumming them off the park tomorrow, fucking Saturday. You see how excited See, so excited we are, we're wishing the days away. Yeah, but... We're not that late, the pod is late, but it's not that late. (laughs) You know, we're going to lose to England in Twickenham, we're going to lose to Ireland in Dublin very comfortably. Um, So, yeah, you know, I won't feel like that after the losses. I'll be very upset and angry, as I always am. However, it's time to put a let to just set the stage for whatever's going to come next, and this could be quite an exciting Six Nations to see that. We'll talk. We just dipped it. Scotland fans out there, I know we just dipped in and went back into Wales. We will talk about Scotland in a minute. But while we're on Wales, yeah, do you remember um, some time ago mm. we started talking about somehow we mentioned creating a musical that was rugby themed. Yes, and some readers suggested some things. No, I can't remember how we got to there either, but we did at some point in the distant episodes past. I found it's best not to question these things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't think about it too much. No. Uh, but I've decided to marry musical theatre and rugby once more. Oh, my God. With this little, it's only a short one. It's not a full song. You'd be glad to know. That's a shame. That is a shame. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame because Josh could have left the room. But it's, um... <laughs> I could have gone and gone. So here is me. my little musical theatre rugby treat for you all. The most beautiful sound I ever heard. I'll level with you. Little musical theatre for everybody I thought, there. I, th- I thought you'd bail out to that big note at the end, but I was genuinely very impressed that you went there. Well, you the know, best, go on or go best, home. 
Yeah, well, the best part is that um, before we came on the podcast tonight, uh, I was making my tea and <laughs> I came up with a uh, song that was replacing the word Maria from the classic West Side Story hit Maria with fajita. And was singing, <laughs> singing that to myself while I was cooking not 20 minutes ago. So people say that we're not on the same level. We're fucking... Symbiotic. It's weird, that, isn't it? Isn't it? Like twins. I was in West Side. I'm sure I've said this on the pod before. I was in West Side Story once. Who did you play? Uh, I was a faceless Puerto Rican. <laughs> of course, look at me. Of course I was. <laughs> In the Aberdare Boys and Community Drama Society's production of West Side Story in about 2001. <laughs> Were you in the programme, Face the Puerto Rican? <laughs> uh, no, I was I was a member of the chorus. I got to have a fight at one point. Uh, some knives. Great fun, great fun. So there you go, a little bit of musical theatre interlude for you there. Yes. I'm not going to stop doing the songs. I enjoy them too much. When an idea comes along, I'm going to keep doing them. So. Also, look at that man's got range. Well, I say sign him up for whatever that program that used to be on telly is about finding a West End star. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID-19 pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment, the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative Brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Snap, snap. At AIB, we don't make technology for you to bank. We make it for you to live. Just watch. So you can apply and get a loan through your AIB app or online. All from the comfort of home. Banking to fit the way you live. AIB, we back doing. Lender criteria, terms and conditions apply. Over 18s only, subject to approval. Security may be required. Allied Irish Banks PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Right then, shall we talk about Scotland? We've already talked about Scotland's front row. A natural seag. A natural seag. Segway into Scotland. <laughs> See, now I say seag because I know it annoys that person and then I realise that I'm... I've done it so often now that i'm doing it subconsciously brilliant let's start with scotland where i'll be doing uh, in a big country with different lyrics no i won't the um <laughs> the uh yeah so we've already talked about the front row problems beyond that yes. they've got some other problems in the second row as well yeah. i mean and i mean one of their props is called darcy ray you know <laughs> who basically who sounds is, like is, he should be on strictly come dancing yeah or some 1920s flapper woman yeah like, I'm sick of drawing Wales in the early 2000s comparisons with Scotland because I'm sure everyone's had enough of me pulling everything back to Wales now. But honestly, I've said it before, but, like, Scotland now and Wales in, like, 2008, lots of similarities, not least if they get a bit of momentum up. Hmm. Like, just like Wales needed that big win at Twickenham to kickstart the Grand Slam in 2008 and make them believe that they were actually the team that could go on and win it, I honestly think they win and win well in Cardiff which mm. is entirely possible, they could go on, like, you look at the way the fixtures are, you know, okay, they've got a hard game going out to Dublin, but that, you know, if they can get some sort of momentum, if they I can remember beat England at home, I think they'll win the whole fucking Two years thing. ago, really when, they, when they played England at home two years ago, it was my mate's mm. wedding day, and we had, to, and yes. they, had it, they had it on pause in the bar, because the <laughs> speeches were on, and we all came out and watched it. Yeah. And it was a horrible game. And, and oh, England, what, just, England just kind of bullied them into yes. submission 
And then obviously last year was when, every, I mean, that's a, such an outlier, you can't read anything from it. Scotland just completely fell apart and England had a very good day. I mean, it was a great they, performance by England, but I don't think that's indicative of anything. No. I, I, my issue lot, is, because was... I think the England game at Edinburgh is pretty key, really, because that, mm. that'll be a pretty big indicator on where Scotland have got to. And I think the worry is, is that with so many problems in the forwards, will they just get bullied again? But I, I, having I said that, I think the way that Townsend has them playing now, will it matter? Because if they, if they have enough ball, there's something about them being able to score enough points. And there's definitely something about, when we talk about England a bit, maybe them not being able to score enough points. Yeah, and that's the thing, you know, Maybe you know, maybe Scotland have got hitherto undiscovered depths of front row brilliance. That's the other because, thing, yeah, yeah. When you're you on know, the burning platform and all that, you look at France as maybe the only team that has a properly dominant scrum in this tournament. I would say, like mm. Welsh are all right, the Irish are good, that's decent, yeah. The Italians are good, and England are fine, but they're not like they're not as they were. You're not talking. No, they're not a properly dominant scrum. I think it's something Brian Moore was saying in the paper this week. But like, they're so stacked everywhere else, even in the pack and and in the you know obviously in the backs, they've got so much talent elsewhere in that team. If they can, in a similar vein to like 2005 Wales Grand Slam, if they can cobble together a front row that can at least fucking stay up and stay and provide them with you mm, know not absolutely. a penalty. Yeah. If they can not concede a penalty at every scrum. Like, good things could well happen for them, but like, it is, yeah, it's. If they can keep the scrum going, because the back row, I mean, the locks are fine. You know, Johnny Gray and Gil Crystal Toulis are fine. Yeah. I mean, I mean, good, they're beyond fine. Do you know what I mean? What I mean is it's not, it's nothing and, you need to worry about. I don't think. They're not. So, the you back know, row's very good. And the back row, the you look at. Are, yeah, Barkley, Bradbury, half- Dent, uh, not Denton. What am I on about? Bar- Barkley Bradbury. Yeah. I love Rob Harley. He's horrible. Yeah. And the mesh, yeah. of course. The beautiful yeah. mesh. Yeah. And like, Canal Dupree is very good as well. It's like, there's... And then behind them, they've got the best backs in Europe by a country fucking mile. Scarlet's might argue with you, but yeah, I know what you mean. Well, right. But if you, you look know, at... I mean, if you look you're, at... If you're you're... Hog, best player in Europe. Yeah. Like, And who looks worryingly fit now. You know, they've got Finn Russell, yeah. who's... Hugh Jones, Hugh Jones, who would have Hugh been a, would have been a Lions tour, but for injury. Yeah. Mark Bennett, class. Yeah. Ali Price has been very good. Alex Dunbar, class. Peter Horn's been quietly very effective. Duncan Taylor's back for Saracens. Yeah. It's you know they've got absolutely they've got quality for days in that back line. All they need is for that pack to provide them with some semblance of a platform. And it's not and beyond the realms of possibility, is it? Absolutely not. That's the it's, thing. I mean, it sounds like we're saying that we're not. I think it's the more I talk about it, I think they can just not get mullered penalties wise in the scrum. Yeah. But as you said, we don't if, know until you see that front row go out there. No. You genuinely and I'm sure got they'll no be idea. fine. And like, because I think they'll be fine in the loose. Like, I think that, however poorly the front row play elsewhere, in like, I'm sh- the, the combination of the back row and the second row. Will handle things physically. Oh, I think breakdown-wise, they'll be pretty fine. Yeah. Yeah. So all, literally, all they need to do is contrive themselves a front row that can stay stable and stood up. And, and that's where the A-team star wheelie bin made of Meccano comes in. <laughs> I mean, it might be a better option than John Welsh. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, but John Welsh's step and kick chase from last year. <laughs> Who needs to scrummage when he can that's do very that? Very true, actually. Yeah. 
We are, we do live in an age of Hollywood props now. So, we do. You know. Yeah, he'll be running beautiful yeah. angles. Imagine him running those angles along with all those backs. Oh, oh God. The absolute rugby porn. Unbelievable. It'll be like sex pinball. Yeah. But yes, I did say, just use they... the term sex pinball. I do apologise. <laughs> John Welsh, sex pinball. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm just going to tweet him now. Hey, John. Yeah. <laughs> You've got a new nickname for you. Um... <laughs> But yeah, as you say, the problem that comes if teams like France and England and Ireland See, I just think decide that, to fucking yeah. be nasty. But I think they'll score in the face of anything, because even Glasgow have done this. Glasgow have done oh, this yeah. even in, in a problematic European campaign. They score generally two tries minimum, no matter yeah, what comes 100%. at them. So there's something about, you know, at an international level where tries are harder to come by generally, if they can do that, you never know. You never but are they going to concede the game 10 at penalties? Twickenham is, this game on Saturday and the game at Twickenham against England. Uh, sorry, the game at Edinburgh. Murrayfield. Murrayfield, thank you. Against England yeah. are pretty key. Yeah. Uh, are you going to any games, by the way? I'm not, actually, no. I, uh, I've i come up empty in my uh, well, my mate's going. to blag things. My mate's going to <laughs> Wales, Scotland on Saturday and I'm looking after his kids. How the oh, fuck's that happened? It's a brilliant Don't they know who I am? There. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would happen, you know, if anybody, WIU is listening, <laughs> want to give us some more tickets. Uh, we had a lovely time last time, and I will happily go and watch us get dicked by whoever, or maybe even win. That'd be nice. I haven't seen Wales win in a while. I've not so, even uh, prepared notes for Italy, I've just noticed. Uh, well, that's, <laughs> I, I have prepared some brief notes, but they are basically just like, well, let's just talk about Italy now. Fuck it, let's get Do it out of the way. Um, they will finish so, bottom. Yeah. Do you remember when Conor O'Shea was going to turn around Italian rugby? Well, he, yeah. Yeah. One win in 11. One win. <laughs> and and also, that's Italy. You know, Thank you. Moving on. Yeah. Do you know now, <laughs> a lovely fact that I picked up in the week, Italy now have more wooden spoons than they have Six Nations wins in total. They got 12 wooden spoons and 11 wins in the history of the Six Nations. Oh, that's hard. That's awful, isn't it? I mean, Instead the clubs have looked better this year. Whether that informs anything. The interesting little wrinkle for me is fucking Wayne Smith, who, fresh off being tactical genius behind the All Blacks dominance the last 15 years, is somehow on board as a coaching and tactical consultant. Who'd have thought that of all the people that... <laughs> you think of the list of people that land, didn't get Wayne Smith, yeah, Wayne Smith that Italy yeah. were the ones that were going to land him? I think it's only temporary, but like, I don't imagine he's going to turn him into the All Blacks overnight. But like, he is basically the one of the greatest tactical minds that rugby has ever known, particularly in the attacking game. Maybe he and, just really likes pasta. Yeah, maybe. And, I mean, and corruption. To be, fair, to be fair, the food is fucking lovely out there. So, <laughs> but like, if anybody can sort of create some smart, cleverly well thought through maximizing your strengths while minimising your weaknesses game plans mm. a la the England fiasco last season with um, a bit less shit housery about it because it's uh... yeah isn't Venter still on board there somehow uh, I think he went back to South... he went back to South Africa to basically try and solve the Springboks thing I'm sure he's still listed as a contract over there though but yeah, anyway anyway but um, yeah with with I honestly feel like with O'Shea he thinks that like I can he's more concerned about the World Cup and building depth and familiarity and all and mm. building confidence in the systems than he is getting a couple of wins on the board this year. I don't think he'll give a shit if he gets whitewashed this year if 
they can perform, point to but, something, yeah. Yeah, I mean, even if like he's in it for the long game, even if Sergio massively isn't, and it's very obvious, he <laughs> wants wins now. He doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. And that's the and that's the thing for me. Like when you look at that, like like you said, the Pro 14 teams have not been doing badly this year. Teresa looked pretty fucking. I mean, it's decent. all relative, but yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, don't yeah. hey, don't forget, Scarlets would not be in the quarterfinals if it wasn't for the fact that. Treviso fell apart somewhat towards the end of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Carlo Canna's all right. Yeah. Ian McKinley, like, they've got, like, two playmakers now. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, one of them's only got one eye, but it, it is on vogue to have two playmakers these days, so they've got that. It does, honestly, for me, it does just depend how much Sergio is going to be, fuck it, I'll do it myself, Sergio. Because, like... If he trusts his team and they play in the system, then Italy could be all right. But if he just tries to fucking do everything like he normally does, then they'll probably lose all their games again. In the kingdom of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. (laughs) Exactly. Unfortunately, Josh, we don't know anybody who's blind, do we? No, we don't. (laughs) So, um, Right, so... Shit out of luck, then. That was was Italy. Um, I've got nothing else to say. Right, do you want... Go on. CPC. Yeah, I was going to say, do you want to have a break and talk Cuthbert Police? Well, yes. not the Cuthbert Police. Well, exactly. Anymore. We have decided last week, obviously, that the CPC's successor, after public vote, you've selected the Kings. Yep. The CPC the is in Pol- Russia now. The CPC is in exile uh, in Russia and will be for the foreseeable future. Um, so what do we call this new yep. thing? I've we have had fair play. Thank you to everybody who submitted uh, suggestions. Some of them were shit, if I'm honest. <laughs> but um, some of them were. It's better. like it's like some of the episodes that we do. You can't you know, <laughs> exactly. Throw yeah, enough yeah, darts no, though, you know. Nobody fucking bats a hundred, you know. <laughs> it's um. So suggestions that we've had from Twitter. Thank you for everybody who has submitted them. Um, some of my favourites are uh, the Malinder Memorial Cup. That was from yes. Paul Simmons. Mm-hmm. I like that MMC is nice. Yes, that is nice. Let's face it, we inevitably ended up calling the Cuthbert Police on Cup the CPC, so I think so we've got, got to a... think about how it sounds in the mouth, yeah. Yes. Uh, Martin North suggested the Inverdale Shield, which, uh, for obvious reasons... Um, I, don't, I, don't, just... I don't hate the teams <clears throat> that, have got, that, have, that, that are in possession of this trophy. So, you know, the Inverdale yeah. Shield would be a bit too cruel. Well, exactly, and Alex suggested the Inverdale Barnes Shield, which I like. <sighs> we could probably because... give that for... For an award for something, but it's probably yes, not I for like that. Particularly, I like that because the uh, initials of it are IBS. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I do like that. Uh, yeah. A friend of the pod, Adam Reese, suggested the Clarity Copiers Cup. Um, well, unless they want to pay us, I'm not doing that. Well, actually, they're dead to us now because, <laughs> you know. Um, Angus Rowland suggested the Krasny Cup with two Ks. I did like that one, actually. <laughs> that is very good. It's in, sort of, in sort of memorial to uh, um, Andrew Collins suggested the Botica Bowl. Yes. Um, Neil Fusco suggested the Rob Andrew Trophy. Again, like the abbreviation, RAT. <laughs> or, uh, but again, I don't um, hate the teams. I can't I can't say Rob Andrew every week. It's not what we go for my spiritual health. Yeah, um, AP on Twitter, no no name, just your initials, fair enough, mate, uh, suggested one of, one of my favourites, the simplicity of it, just the shitwatch shield. It's just, it does what it says on the tin. I quite like that. Um, and then also AP suggested um, the competency challenged cup, which was a bit of a mouthful, but I quite like just the challenged cup. That's not, there's a li- that little change. Yeah. That is good, actually. 
I do like yeah. that. The challenged it's, cup. Yeah. Yeah. So what I think what I think we'll do, as we are, of course, a democracy here until we, I decide we're not. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pick. I think I like the I like Krasny Cup. Yep. So like a Kings I like, album. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I like the Botica Bowl, even though I think it's quite harsh on, because well, it really. just rolls it rolls off the tongue, doesn't yeah. it? Um, I like the Shitwatch Shield, and I think I like the Challenged Cup a lot. So yes. I think I'll put those four out on the... Uh, yeah, don't put an app. other option, otherwise this this will just continue. No, fuck those guys. You've, you've got four <laughs> options. It's one of those. If you don't like it, fuck off. Um, <laughs> so yeah, at the CP Cup on Twitter. Not for much longer, don't forget. I'll have to change that. So oh, yeah. whatever the hell this is. Well, that, um, is that a new account, or can you change the handle? I'm confused. I'll change the handle. It'll right. be fine. I'm not, I'm not throwing away those... 300 or so lunatics who decided <laughs> to follow it and we'll, we will um, still update still do updates of the cpc yes we'll as and when and we keep, can find them we'll try and keep track of it but honestly it it is We're russia struggling. you know they're not mad keen on oh my god Stuart bonds has just joined twitter sorry um was oh, he <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just went on the i went on twitter to double check that i think yeah it is indeed the cp cup um which has 572 followers, which is Fair baffling. Play. That's mad. Um, anyway, I've got, I've already picked out a new image for uh, the profile. You all, if who follow us, you'll be familiar with our shit little rugby trophy with his weird, scary eyes. Mm-hmm. I've already picked out an, an equivalent new shit trophy to represent whatever we call this new thing. I'm quite pleased with it. So, uh, yeah, it's Watch all that it's space. All, it's all there. It's all ready to go. Oh no! I'll have to change the header for the header image, which was Jewel Police on being dumped on his ass by Courtney Laws. Now, whatever, I'll have to just change it to something. Yeah. Neutral. So not only is this bit of pain in the ass in terms of us tracking this trophy, it's generated work. I've got to re yeah. I've got to rewrite the page on the blog now as well. I know. And probably create oh. another one. Oh. Honest to God, London Irish think of nobody but themselves. I, I can't wait for them to get rid of relegated. <laughs> Good fucking riddance. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. I will put up the... Uh... My entire family supports London Irish, so it's probably a cruel thing to say that. But yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> uh, so, um... Hey, they they might be your family team. My mother-in-law's they... got a London Irish Shelley. Well. Class. See, that's all well and good. But she is literally yeah, London Irish. They have made more work for you. So Yeah. So that's that. So look out for the, to, for the yes. poll. We will retweet it, oh, get it in. Oh. And so... This, and, I, I, believe it or not, I think next week it will come to an end. We will finally come to a decision. Yes. This long-running soap opera. And then the Kings will probably win. And doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's it's yeah. within somewhere we it's can technically, see. Technically, technically in there. Yeah. Let's let's find out how long this 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 particular train. I feel like this could be a long one. Yes. I think this could be worthy of a new trophy because I don't think the Quinn, Kings are going to win a game this season. <laughs> But we'll see. We shall see. We shall see. Shall we talk about England? <sighs> All right, Hashtag John. Inverdale and yeah. hashtag Inverdale. <laughs> uh, yeah, we probably should. Um, is anybody talking about a Grand Slam? If so, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I think you... For me, I think somebody's going to get a Grand Slam this year. And it's either England. It could be England. It could. <laughs> You've got Ireland at home to finish. You could be... Far, like. I'm. I'm. The key I think question... this is my light with you. I've got my black hat on with England, like I always yeah, do. Yeah, I don't blame you for that. But I think, like, you look at nobody's ever done three on the bounce before. Um, but everything's set up for them to do it. I'd say you've got what? your hardest game, Ireland at home last. You don't have to go. You've got to play Wales at home. That's a fucking dick in. <laughs> you've got Italy away. 
You've got France. You've got France away, but who the fuck knows what France will be doing? That's the, that, that is the spanner in the works for us this year. Because I mean, well, I'm not trying to be the cliches. We just genuinely don't know what they're going to be like. No, we'll, we'll come on to that. But yeah, who fucking knows? But like the key one, of course, as we've said, is Scotland away. Like yeah. they went up there two years ago. They, they basically set the whole tone for the Eddie Jones era, really, because it was just this hugely physical win in really difficult circumstances where they were quite shit to be honest but they had enough luck and enough physicality and enough grit to kind of grind out a win and that's kind of what Eddie they've been doing for a lot of the time under Eddie Jones there's nothing wrong with that but and while England are definitely better than they were since that first win over Scotland obviously Scotland themselves are also a hell of a lot better than I they just were don't think England are playing very years. well no they're and, not the, 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 and the result the results mask this problem. I mean, it sounds ridiculous to say that, but actually, I mean, you look at the autumn lineup we had, it was pretty fucking terrible, the people we had to play, really. Um, in and they terms were very of, up and down. They were like, up and down, and we played against shit. So, and, and that's, so the, but we've, I mean, you know, it's a stupid thing to say, we've lost one game to Ireland, funnily enough, years, in yeah. two years. But we've not played New Zealand in that thing, to make that point. But, and and, I, and in a way, the last six months, they did well in Argentina in the summer, but Argentina again just looked knackered. Now they've won games in the autumn, but look completely unconvincing. They still can't create anything. However, an England <clears> team <throat> with a fit Farrell and a fit Itoji, plus probably everything else, win, does, probably going to win the job. You know? Almost every game, yeah. Because the thing for me with England is that, like, we've heard today that Brown, of... Noel, and uh, Robshaw are um, fit as well. Fit, again. yes. But like this England team have looked like they can either be sort of this relentlessly physical, imposing, sort of defensively stout team, like they have been for most of the Jones reign, or they can be really dynamic and lethal on attack, like they were in Argentina and like they have been very occasionally, um, like in Australia and stuff. But they can't really be both at the same time. Like they struggle. They're either kind of default old school England, you know, up mm. the jumper beat the shit out of you or they try to throw it about a bit but at which point they completely lose any kind of shape on the defense and sometimes that you know they might win a game like 41 28 or something but it's my worry is if they go 15 points behind <clears throat> which against someone like scotland isn't isn't that difficult to foresee mm. um i'm not sure where it comes from to get back they can grind away at penalties i'm not sure where it comes from to get it back and that's that's assuming that happens, of course. It could be that you know they could have controlled some yeah, possession, I, but I don't think. I think that's England have got case. so much confidence and so much self belief that um, I wouldn't count them out at any point. You know, they'll, they'll they've got a nice easy ramp up to the tournament because they'll get to go to Rome on on yeah, Sunday and true. beat the living that shit out of Italy, and that's always good for the confidence for them. You know, they'll score a hat load of tries. They'll remember how to play with each other. You know. Wales will probably let them do whatever they want as well, to be honest with you. Like when do they play Scot they play Scotland the third round, don't they? 24th. Third round, yeah, yeah. Smack bang in the middle. So yeah, I, w- I would imagine that they will come into that Scotland game um as having basically had their way with two teams and probably have put a fair number of tries on the board, probably got bonus points in both games. And yeah, that kind of confidence and that kind of um, experience of just being able to be a bit more clinical and a bit more expressive than they have been 
could probably maybe that's the thing that they need to just click them into place to get them because you know on that australia tour they did that they mm. were yeah, yeah everything sure. they, they that was like the most complete performance that i've seen from them and they've not been that good since no and i think it's it's again you don't know what it's going to be like but they've got the best like you said they've got the best we've got the best possible situations to try and get there again by playing italy first and then wales at home <laughs> yeah no disrespect to wales but well, it's, I, I honestly think it's England's championships to lose because they've got the most forgiving schedule, they've got the most settled team, they've got the fewest major injuries, I'd say, and the greatest squad depth on top of it. So, like, I think it was probably in the very early days of this pod when England was still shit. Um, you know, I think we were both saying that in terms of, like, resources... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. ...compared to everyone else, England should win the Six Nations every year. And... Start that you know that's finally starting to tell a bit. You know they have got more players, they've got more money, they've got more everything than everyone else, and they just don't look like losing it. Like I guess the the key problem is who plays number eight. It'll be Sam Simmons probably. You would imagine so, and that I mean you know and he's looked very <laughs> impressive, and you never he's know until very... you see him, do you? So yeah, it's but it's it's he wasn't that dynamic in the autumn no. and England's game so depends on having that dynamic imposing presence to get him over the game line at eight. So, you know, do you go Sam Simmons? Do you go Zach Mercer? It's, it's yeah. And also like we were talking about with Wales, like the question does beg if they sort of do stutter at any point in this tournament, if they lose to Scotland, say, you know, how long is Eddie going to persist with the old stages like Brown and Hartley and Dan Cole to a lesser extent, you know, the, the World Cup's own still 18 months away now. Like three of those guys are on the wrong side of 30 already. And is it now that he signed on for another two years after the World Cup, you know, he can't just be building exclusively for that World Cup anymore because he's going to have to take that team beyond the World Cup now. And is it time to look at, you know, players like Lazowski or playing Anthony Watson at fullback or trying something a little bit different with the makeup of the front row. You know, it's, it's finally no, it's let it's, 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 I imagine now it's six nations time. He won't be thinking of that, but it's, it's I mean, I'm, I'm, something that needs to be thought about. I'm going to come back to saying what I've been saying probably for 18 months that I don't think the forward, if you look at even with some of the injuries, the forwards are fine. That thing that Connor, Oh, Shea said this week, you know, and he said he's got an injury crisis. And he went, let me just stop you there. Let me tell you what the team is now. You know, yeah. does that sound like an injury crisis to you? It's like, well, yeah, you're right. And even when you look at, if you're bringing in people off the bench, mm. you know, anybody you bring in from Exeter is going to be fine because they're a gnarled, yeah, nasty absolutely. bunch of bastards. And can I just say that Alec Hepburn sounds like a regional organiser in an engineering union in the 70s. <laughs> Not yes. an international rugby player. He, but, well, um, he sort of looks like one as well. He does, yeah. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so, again, I just want to see something that looks like a game plan evolving. And as you say, that might not happen until no. uh, we start to bring in a little bit different stuff, certainly in the backs. Yeah, it's got to happen. It's got to happen at some point. Same with Wales. Like, something's got to happen. I still don't before. think the forward question's been answered either. No. I'm still not utterly convinced. And I'm amazed that more teams just don't send people, you know, endless numbers of people Steaming down, his, down channel. his channel and he does yeah. okay for it he's not a terrible defender but having said that he's you will get link. well it he's not you're not going to get a dominant tackle off him are you 
No, and he is also like you know, for all of the success that he's had, I can't shake the notion that he is get atable. Well, people say if you think about Finn Russell a year ago, the way people talked mm. about Finn Russell, weirdly nobody's ever talked about George Ford like that. No. When actually And George Ford's head's gone thing. many times. Yeah. And, and he's not exactly having a feast of fun at Leicester, is he? No. And in that you know, it's the old thing. He's it's exactly the same with his club partner at halfback. If he's in front of a pack that is absolutely steamrollering, he looks fucking world class. But the second that you put him on the back foot, all of a sudden he's a bit fucking shameless, uh, shapeless. And yeah, because what happens with Ben Youngs? Ben Youngs will have one game where he probably scores two or three tries and looks incredible, and then it'll all be a bit problematic. And I'm, this is not me just trying to be negative. That's exactly what history has taught us. Yeah, you know, if you look at the <laughs> Ben Youngs' England career, that's what happens. So I'm yeah. not trying to be negative. That is what is going to happen. Yeah, he is sporadically world class, but as you say, it's about one game in four. And yeah, it's it's. Having said all that, they're still going to win the Six Nations. At, they'll probably look, win a Grand Slam. I don't think they're going to win it. I don't think. Right, mate, you've got I, Ireland. I still think that 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 Murrayfield. Well, I'm sorry, Scotland fans. I'm going to say it, but I think the Murrayfield game's a problem for them. I don't think. I think looking at that Scotland front row, Eddie Jones will make that Scott that Murrayfield game not a problem. <laughs> Evil. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He will pick the biggest lads that he's... He'll pick Anthony Watson and Jack Noel on the wings. And he will pick Ben Teo and maybe a 13 and Farrell at 10. And he will basically just go, fucking run around that then. (laughs) And in the meantime... You think you're so fucking fancy, Dan. Get around that. Yeah. It will basically be... An absolute demolition job. It will probably be unwatchable, but England will come out with a sort of 17-9 win or a 17-14 win or something ridiculous like that. And, yeah, I, I, I've I learned long ago to not okay. expect anything other than, you know, you've got the best shirt. It, it's absolutely nailed on for me. The only team that can cause you problems with it is Ireland. So let's talk about them, and Let's shall talk we? about them. But I think like it's easy to forget with Ireland that until they produced that heroic performance against Italy on the final day last season, they were having quite a shit Six Nations. Against England, like, you mean? Uh, England, yeah, sorry. Um, they lost to Scotland. They lost to Wales. <laughs> Fox that all about, yeah. Yeah, they squeaked past a genuinely batshitly terrible France team at home. Like... Since they beat England, though, they haven't looked back, to be fair. Mm. Like, they haven't played anyone good either. Well, the question was at this time last year, what's going on? And can Schmidt, will he get yeah. his cards at some point? Because can he actually... And yeah. again, this transition period problem they've had for... Problem is probably too strong a word, but issue they've had to try and solve didn't look like it was solving. And there's some questions about Schmidt with his incredibly detailed approach and all that shit. And actually, that England game, like you said, just kick-started everything forward. And that's why I think that plus the form of their two major teams. I mean, look I who still, they've left out. You know, that's I the other thing. I still think they're massively in trans- You look at what, who they've, you know, okay, they've won seven on the bounce since they beat England. But look who they've beat. They've beat USA, Japan twice, the ghost of South Africa, 
the withered, knackered husk of Argentina and a spirited Fiji you nearly well, gave there's, a a shock. There's, there's something about the way in which you beat the husk of South Africa, which is which is not different yeah. with them. I don't get me wrong. I think that they are very close to being the finished article, but I still think that there is a little bit of transition still to go on, particularly in the back line. And... Yeah, it's just, can Joe Smith actually pick a team that distills the fucking remarkable form of Leinster and Munster in a way that recreates what they're doing? Because, like, if he can, fuck me, they'll take some stopping. But, like, they've got a... If you look at it on personnel alone... Oh, there's no Sean O'Brien. All right, fine. But even yeah, then, it's not a major Joe fucking Schmidt's problem, is it? favourite person in the world. As much everyone's as everyone's favourite person, yeah. But like, oh, on, everyone accepts the mine and yours, yeah. And we, we, <laughs> you, regardless of what we, nothing against him personally. I just don't get it. Yeah. I just don't get why people yeah. are so think he's the best thing ever. I don't get no. it. And regardless of what we might think about his qualities as a proper seven, he is, you know, a rare kind of physicality that they yeah, obviously yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I know he's not a bad player. I've, I've, I'll always say that. I'm not saying he's a terrible player. But Ireland have a genuine like. Uh, embarrassing amount. It's ridiculous when you look like, at it. It's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Like, what have you got there? You got Conan. Yeah. Jordy Le- Murphy. Yeah. O- Omani. Yeah. Levy. Stander. Van der Fleer. Yeah. Levy. Yeah. It's it's Ian Henderson in the back row. If you fancy it. Yeah. It's it's embarrassingly, <laughs> embarrassingly, embarrassingly ridiculous. Like it's just laughable how many good back rowers they've got, but. Every single one of those players, except for Sean O'Brien and Stander and Omani, are very green. And while they've all given fantastic accounts of themselves for Leinster, because of how settled he is on that back row of O'Brien, Omani, and Stander now, mm. they're not. They haven't had that. Who comes in at seven? Chance. Then do you think? Well, it depends. If he wants to go like physicality, like for like, he'll go for Jack Conan or Dan Levy. If he wants somebody that's a bit more of a cultured open side, which to be honest with you, he generally seems not to. No, yeah. uh, You'd go Van der Fleer. He likes Van der Fleer off the bench, doesn't he, generally? Yeah. But the big question for Ireland for me, as always, is can they keep Johnny Sexton upright? Because with the greatest respect to the remarkable career turnaround of Ian Keatley, which is remarkable, by the way. It is remarkable. Um, I'm not sure I'd trust, trust him to win a game at Twickenham, would you? Carberry's really? in the squad. Is he fit again? Uh, he's fit, but he's not been playing much for Leinster. No, he's not, yeah. He's yeah. Injured, so I, I think that... But again, you look at that. I mean, I, all right, if Sexton stays it's fit... It's an incredible big squad. The big question about if Sexton... Let's just say Sexton does stay fit, right? You've yeah. got Murray, you got Sexton. Then you've got a choice of, like, Aki, Farrell, yeah. Henshaw... Uh, Hench, yeah, yeah. Christ, that's a lot of good. Like they have got an incredible squad. Don't get me wrong, but for me, it is like even like forgotten people are dead good. Like Kieran Marmion, remember him? He's like, yeah, Yeah, he's dead good. (laughs) Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like they, they have probably got the best. It's them or England have got the best squad in the tournament. However, they are entirely. Don't forget. Don't forget. The Andy yeah. Farrell defence, by the way. Well, yeah, definitely. However, and this is the thing that is how fragile is Johnny Sexton? He is literally always injured, and yet or, always gets through somehow, though. Yeah, he usually gets through, but then he'll be done for three months with concussion or something. You know, 
because of the problems that he's had, it's like they have got to keep his fucking jersey spotless, effectively, because if he goes down, they're just not winning games with the you know for all the well, trouble is the thing is no matter how decent Keatley is and decent Cabot, Sexton changes the way they play. I mean, everyone takes yeah. the piss at that run around thing, but nobody else but does it, that. Yeah, and it does and do something can to his shape. Stop it either. <laughs> Apart from that bloke who just ran out of line and twatted him one. Yeah, which was funny. <laughs> which was like, funny. And they're going to miss Gary Ringrose as well. Don't get me wrong, but like they've got plenty of options at the centre. They've got plenty of options everywhere. I would like. And then to they might have Jordan the... Lama coming off the bench. Well, that is the thing. Are they going to finally let him? Well, I say finally. He's been on the scene for about five minutes. But are they going to let him have a go at fifteen? And sort of not to start, I don't think, but no, no, but you know, maybe against Italy, like just yeah. give him a run out because you know that what they've got isn't going to be there for much longer at the moment. So let's just it's to, uh, with a lot of these players, a lot of these teams, that there feels like there should be a moment where some players' careers should be entering the sort of you see, from my point of view, I think that stage. Ireland could be coming into that point about the last weekend at Twickenham. Ireland, Twickenham, 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 Twickenham. Ireland could be coming. Actually, happy one-year anniversary of the banks of this and banks of that. Uh, oh, is it? Quote. <laughs> yes, which I discovered this morning. Glorious days. Um, they could be coming into that game, Ireland, off the back of pasting everyone they've played. They could They're really be in possible. the groove. It's just hard to know, yeah. isn't it? That's the thing. If if they if by the third game, they're looking like that. Then we will reassess. Yeah, <laughs> who's going to win the Six Nations? For me, the fact that they got to go to Twickenham on the last day is is too the much. only thing. It's just a, it's a step too far. I think you know England are not going to lose at Twickenham. I don't think, and unless England have lost <coughs> against Scotland, which you know is is possible but not likely, I'd say then. Yeah, that could make it really interesting because then England might have to deal in bonus points and points difference. What I will say is that leaving aside who's going to win, I've said this at the beginning, I'll say it again, I'm looking forward to the rugby that will be played this year. Me too. I think it will be a better tournament. Not last year, the year before, the tournament was fucking horrible. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. England won the Grand Slam, which was great. But as a tournament, looking back, as a purely observer of rugby, it was one of the the worst six nations of my life. Last year was, was, was... it improved better. significantly, to be honest. Yeah, but it was a lot It was better. from a low end. And, uh, and I really am looking forward to this year. And France, of course, play Ireland this weekend, so we might as well finish mm-hmm. off with France. Now, France have been, even by their standards, a total irredeemable shambles. And the thing is, not even a funny or an entertaining one like they sometimes used to be. You know, the kind of, no, the kind of like one. the mate who you realise is tipping over into alcoholism. And it's actually yeah. quite depressing oh, to, to, good, hang, to, to hang around to... with him. Yeah, he just loves a good no. He used no. to be a bit daft and a laugh, and now you're thinking I'm actually genuinely worried about you now. Yeah, oh, he just loves no, no. He's, he's, <laughs> That's France. That's what France is drinking been like. when he's at home. He's not just drinking when he's out. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, like, but the funny thing is that there's this kind of mantra that you know France, and it's you know broadly true. France usually do win the Six Nations after a Lions tour. Yes. And, the logic being that the best teams from the British Isles get their best players flogged so that they're usually knackered or injured by the time the Six Nations rolls rise. But unfortunately for France, uh, Warren Gatlin just picked loads of Welsh players instead. So Ireland and England are relatively unscathed. You're fucking welcome, by the way. Um, so who knows? So Jacques Brunel's yeah. in charge. 
And he, he managed to make Italy look like he hated everyone there and hated <laughs> existence itself. <clears throat> so that's something to look, look forward like to. They just it? didn't want to play rugby anymore. <laughs> I tell you so... what, I have noticed though, he hasn't gone under the radar. No Damien Shuley. Yes. Who, you know, we will I... not be able to see now. Well, not know he's there, apart from when they say <laughs> replacing Damien Shuley is yeah. Wenceslas Lore. That's the only time he's you ever fi- heard his voice. He's finally realised that picking <laughs> him out is entirely invisible <laughs> is maybe not the best idea. Literally, the first time I've heard him is when he said replacing Damien Shuley is... Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, we don't know. We just don't know. We don't know if Jacques Renard is going to carry on the depressing, fucking clueless funeral dirge of the last eight years or is actually going to, I don't know, create a game plan. Well, their scrum is nails, isn't it? Yeah. That much we know. That's the easy part, to be fun. They've got some proper like, monsters in there. Yeah, it's just it's basically playing. To, the French team's problem at the moment is basically French rugby's problem writ large. In mm. that they're all far too bothered about scrummaging and not nearly too bothered about things like fitness and skills. An utter lack of dynamism. And it's interesting that when you look at the backs in particular in this squad, and you re, you. You take it back. I don't watch the top 14 every week, I'll be honest, but you take it back to what you see in the European games. What you do tend to is that all the dynamism comes from people that aren't French. Yes. Master, I mean, that's the why they're hideously, cyn- they're hideously cynically setting up fucking, you know, basically fishing, rugby fishing schools. Yeah, South African Poly- stuff, Pol- aren't they? Yeah. And in, Pen- in Polynesian islands that have french connections they're basically like trying to pick up all the local lads who look like they could run a bit and are big and just shipping them over to france giving them a passport and putting them into an academy system which is fucking disgusting they're not struggling they're not struggling for talent when you look at it though are they i mean lamarat for me has been really good (laughs) yeah and he's a solid 13 and I don't you mean solid as in he's boring he's a good bloody good player yeah and you look at the you know they've they've picked Two fly halves in the squad. One is twenty-one, the other is nineteen. And that nineteen-year-old lad and, looks like he can. Oh, he play. is rapido, exactly. <laughs> and so they both look Jalibert or whatever his name is. Jalibert, um, yeah. They both look very good and promising, but like. And then they pass it to Bastro. Well, yeah. What are they going to do to like? In fairness, at least Fiku's been flir- got... flirted, hasn't he? Fiku's yeah. gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like. He's basically picked Morgan Parra to go, look, Morgan, <laughs> you, there's going to be some children stood next to you. Yes. <laughs> Just try your best to get them through the game. And even though All you right. look 12, you need yeah. to lead them around You're the park. Actually, you are actually the adult here. So Teddy Thomas back as well. He is. The, the and Vakatawa less... remains. <laughs> of course he does. Uh, what, what world do we live in where your cult hero... Baptiste Saran is not picked for France, and Bastero, Teddy Thomas, and fucking Bakatawa are. It's just mind you, they have got the new uh, scrum half cult here, Antoine Dupont. Yes, who does true. look a handful. He does, and I would genuinely love to see Jalavert and. Can you imagine uh, that against Italy oh, or something? God, Come on, it'd be so much fun, wouldn't it? Just let well, it probably won't back. be. It'd be slow, miserable, and shit because it's France. But yeah, yes. and because the forwards in front of them move at about six feet an hour. The thing you know. is, you know, when people the joke about you never know what you're going to get with France, the truth of it is, is that for years you knew exactly what you're going to get with France. You're going to get a very competent, hard as nails rugby team most of the time. What they'd occasionally yeah. do is spring some kind of mad, crazy genius like they did on New Zealand. But generally speaking, they were a bloody good rugby team. And that team that beat New Zealand in 
99. They'd won the bloody Grand Slam three years, yeah. three out of the past five years. People say as if they they just, they've just come out of school or something and done it. No, they were fucking a really good team. Yeah. And you actually, and then the problem is, is that then you knew exactly what you're going to get after that in the last few years. Absolute shambolic, slow, clueless shit. Yeah, with occasional moments of individual brilliance yeah. and occasional ability to bring the game down to their level and just arm wrestle you out of a game. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Another thing about this squad, it's incredibly young and incredibly green. And, like, Guillem Garrado is the most experienced player in the squad by some distance, yeah. and he's got 56 caps. Mm. That's, that's, a, a hey, that's a hell of a lot of pressure on him as captain to basically provide where are the other leaders in that squad you know you've got no cami lopez you've got no fafana you've got no other yeah. people you know god I, f- I forget who plays for france these <laughs> days because it's such a like revolving fucking door of Thierry lacroix <laughs> christophe yes. Lamaison. The, the, um... they've picked uh what's his face macalau the uh Stamford yeah the, Saint i Franco. like him I like him an awful lot. I can't wait to see how they ruin him. So, uh... <laughs> well, actually, the thing is, you know, we can laugh about that, but genuinely, I don't want them to. I want France to be good. You know, like I want South Africa to be everyone, good because rugby shit without them being good. France is like that as well. Want, please, yeah, please get better. Want all teams in the Six Nations to be good because then the Six Nations will be better. If it's just two or three teams who are good and everyone else is shit, the tournament will become very staid and very boring very quick. I think they'll be a little bit better than last year. So uh, never mind you don't. I do know. I think they'll be a bit better than last year, but still slightly uh, chaotic. I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I think they're going to come, you know, fourth or fifth. Yes, really. I agree. So Um, the opening fixtures. Opening fixtures. Wales, we've talked about them a bit, but let's just do a quick prediction. Wales versus Scotland. Um, Scotland by seven. I'm finding this really hard to call, actually. I think, go with what you know, I think Scotland by some, yeah, three to seven points, I'd agree with that. France yeah. versus Ireland, Ireland. Ireland, probably by not as much as we think, because I think Ireland will, um, France will basically just come at you with... They're too strong and have too many pretty frightening players, don't they? Yeah, to be absolutely battered. So I'd say Ireland by, yeah, five. Uh, and then Italy, yeah, England going to batter Italy. Yeah, England by 50, probably. I've just noticed with um, France that Antonio's not in there. Was he injured? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they just said, stop eating. Stop. <laughs> Jack Brunel's looked at him it. and gone, I just don't believe a person like you can exist, therefore I'm not going to slap you. <laughs> You are entirely unfeasible to me, and no. Well, we've banged on for quite some time. We have, as A shock for everyone, I know. But um, that's our little Six Nations preview sort of gallop through thing. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you all after the greatest, oldest, no, the oldest tournament in rugby. Yes. Has uh, had its first weekend next week. Everyone needs a thing. Yep. (laughs) See, what well, no, they say is the greatest, don't they? But uh, yes, right. Just up. Speak to you soon. Take care, everybody. As more sectors across Ireland are reopening, the COVID nineteen pandemic unemployment payment is changing. If you're currently receiving this payment 
the amount you receive will change from the 16th of November. To find out more about how these changes will affect you, visit gov.ie forward slash PUP changes. A Government of Ireland initiative brought to you by the Department of Social Protection. Sports Social Podcast Network.